0: Hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of the Pill Podcast. I am your host, OBJ, and I'm joined by my co-host, Jordy. Hey, everybody. How you doing? And we're joined by our lovely special guest here tonight. Why don't you introduce
1: yourself? Thank you for having me. I am happy to be here. My name is Mariah Thomas. I am a freelance journalist, a self-published author, and I'm also the founder of RTF Community, which is a space for creatives of color to come together, network, and showcase their work.
0: Hey, dope, dope, dope. And today's Black Pill topic is called unity. And we want to kind of dive into that as far as the component of community, as far as that caters more to the black community and black people in in that kind of uh, target audience. And to start off with some content, you know, just to keep it brief, uh, just a general thought, uh, what are some thoughts that come, what's something that comes to mind when you think of the word unity? And we'll start off with our special guest.
1: When I think of unity, I think of people coming together for a common goal. I think of them fighting for change, just how back in the past, you know, our those in the past generation came together to fight for our rights. So I think of a group of people coming together and fighting for change in our community and just working towards a common goal.
0: Hey, dope, dope, dope. And Jordy, what what comes to mind when you think of the word unity?
2: For me, one of the first things that comes to mind is the idea of each one, teach one. Yeah. So um, the spread of information is one of the um, greatest things that's been happening for our community right now. You know, yeah. financial literacy, um, people um, being given permission to pursue their passion. And within that framework as well, I think uh, of, you know, I'm. Um, accountability a lot too you know like me owning when i'm wrong especially when it affects other people as well too that's a big part of unity within that larger framework of community as well Mm. those are some of the first things i think about
0: yeah and i think for me when uh what comes to mind is unity is like putting together a bridge that you know shouldn't be torn down you know unless within good reasons You know, because I feel like everybody's trying to create a separation, you know, whether it's culturally, uh, traditions, uh, there's different aspects in life that people try to, like, separate instead of unifying. And I think that comes with a lot of differences, a lot of tension, a lot of cultural um, upbringings that they have uh, within either the household and how they was raised and things of that nature. So I think of just... uh, putting together certain bridges, uh, you know, when it comes to the alignment of like, you know, their mindset, their goals, their religion, their culture and things of that nature. And, uh, and whether we could live within that uni- unified space, you know what I'm saying? So uh, that's what I think of what uh, comes to mind with unity. And just to get for viewers to get to, to get to know you a little bit more, because um, you do RTF, which is Ready to Fly Community. Um Can you break down when did that start it? What inspired you to to have uh, RTF? And what motivated you to keep going with it?
1: Well, uh, I started RTF in the midst of the pandemic last year in April. And it started off first as just me wanting to connect with other creatives, people who were like me, people who wanted a safe space during this time to just de-stress and to have something to do. Mm -hmm. So when I started, I started off with our social media pages, Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter, and from there, uh, hosting virtual events. We've had performing artist showcases. We had a virtual book club. We've had a virtual pop-up shop. And it really gave me the chance and other creatives of color the chance to just have people around them who are just like them in terms of creativity. So our platform is for specifically creatives between the ages of 17 to 26, Mm. Um, but I want it to be open for everyone. And we've grown so much that we have more than 60 creatives officially part of our community on Slack and it's forever growing. So I just cannot wait to see how much more we're gonna do, especially Mm. in terms of in-person events.
0: And then to kind of tap into that, because you said 17 to 26, right? So what what kind of, what was the thought process of starting with that kind of age group? Because that's more targeting, I guess, Gen Z and trickling a little bit with millennials. So that's more, but more so Gen Z. So what made you think of starting off with that kind of age group?
1: Hmm. Well, with the age group when I was younger, sometimes I felt maybe there weren't opportunities for me because I wasn't yet at that age of 18, let's say. Mm -hmm. And then now as I'm older, I've realized that opportunities are kind of trickling away. Some of these free opportunities, you know, they keep it between the ranges of for those in their teenage years, you know, and then once you hit that adult age, those opportunities kind of start to trickle down. So I really wanted to have this community, RTF, to be a space for 17 to 26, because sometimes when you're 26 years old, sometimes you don't know what you want to do yet. Sometimes mm. you need to be pushed to find that creativity in you. So I thought this range would be perfect to really inspire those a bit younger and to inspire those a bit older.
0: Mm, okay, okay. And uh, I, I found out also that you do a freelance journal, uh, you're a writer, and um, you have a published poet, you're a published poet as well. And... um. A little birdie told me that you could also sing. So, you know, having had <laughs> multiple talents, uh, I kind of want to compartmentalize. Compartmentalize. There you go. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Uh, different, those different avenues. So uh, let's start off with the uh, freelance. Uh, what kind of inspired you? The same question. What inspired you or what kept you motivated to do freelance?
1: Well, I'm a journalist. I've studied journalism in school. I've studied journalism in grad school where I am right now. And freelancing is a way for me to make money Mm. while also amping up my credentials. It's a way for me to pitch my own ideas and to have the chance to bring the stories that I want to life. Mm. So um, I specifically love arts and culture reporting. So I focus on lifestyle, entertainment, arts and culture. And that's really my specialty right there.
0: Mm-hmm. And then uh, when it comes to being a published poet, you know, you actually have a poet, you should uh, uh, elaborate more on that. And how did that start off and, you know, uh, motivate you to kind of push that out there to put a, a, a published uh, book?
1: Well, I've always loved to write and I've always loved poetry. I used to join all these poetry workshops when I was younger, when I was like 12, 10. And it was a great way for me to express my creativity and to just be surrounded by different writers as well. So um, I self-published my book, Heart and Soul, Poems of Thoughts and Emotion I self-published in 2019 of January. And I just wanted to get my work out there. I just sat down on a computer and I thought to myself, I want to publish my poetry. This is a way for me to just put my name out there, to have my own book, to have Mm -hmm. my own brand at the forefront of media in the world. And let me just do it. So my poems revolve a lot around uh, self-love, life and positive reflections on being a woman of today and specifically through my lens as a woman of color.
0: Hey, hey, that's dope. That's dope. And uh, now to the, the, to the other thing that I was curious to know that you're singing uh, for those who don't know. <laughs> uh mariah has a very lovely voice that you know i think should be you know continue to put out there in the world so what made you start uh singing and you know uh yeah what inspired you who like if it was other factors maybe family other um components in your life that kind of got you into singing and you know are are you still continuing it what's like the life path when it comes to singing
1: Well, I've always told myself I want to sing and I want to write and I want to be an entrepreneur. Mm. So, singing and writing always started at a young age. And as I got older, I thought to myself, I want to have my own community. So, with Mm. RTF, always I wanted to have a community. Singing, I've always loved to sing. I've been interested in musical theater. I loved Wicked, I loved Aladdin, Spider Man. I saw Spider Man, huge Broadway fan. And I always told myself, you know, I want to do musical theater. Um, i did a little bit of that in high school and then i just branched into uh, singing different songs so i love adele Um, i love doing different covers of rihanna and it's just also a way for me to express myself although singing isn't something that i'm focusing on uh, right now really honing in it on mm-hmm. it's something i do on the side so if there's an open mic i'll perform if there's an event i'll sing And just to gain more confidence with that craft, because it is something that I've put in the back of my mind for quite some time. Mm -hmm. But I think that you can be multidimensional. You can do all of these different things and have multiple streams of passive income and different income and singing, writing, having my own community. These are ways that I still revolve that still hone in on that creative aspect.
0: Hey, that's dope. Mm -hmm. And so I have now we're going to dive into more of like the key points and questions now. So, uh, just to stuff, like, real quick. So are you an introvert or extrovert or ambivert or combination of both?
1: I have my moments, so I guess I'll be a combination of both. There are definitely times where I am more introverted, where I don't really bring my full personality to the forefront, mm-hmm. you know, due to being shy, due to not knowing how to bring myself out, especially depending on the people that are around me. Mm-hmm. But then there are times when I know I need to be, when I need to speak up or when I know that this is the time where I need to network and I need to get out there and I need to speak and I need to be bold. Mm-hmm. So there are times like that where I am more extroverted and there are times when I'm more comfortable, where I'm able to speak and I'm able to be out there. And mm-hmm. there's nothing wrong with that. Nothing wrong with being shy sometimes and then uh-huh. being more extroverted other times, as long as you know that you do it in the spaces that, you you are extroverted in the spaces where you need to be extroverted. Yeah. yeah,
0: and then the reason why I ask that because like you know having that component of whether you're introvert extrovert or ambivert, mm-hmm. um, how did that applies to the building aspect of community and getting involved around p- different people of uh, different characteristics, you know personalities and things of that trade. Because you know, would an introvert have a challenge? you know meeting and conversing with uh uh different people compared to an extrovert or maybe what what their traits as an introvert can converse with people of the community based on their qualities and things of that nature or you know like you said but having a combination of both you know how do you balance that off as far as like you know connecting with people networking with them and things like that because you know you're dealing with different people and uh uh how do you like kind of branch into that where do you like you know read the room, read the vibe, read the situations where you could kind of like help people feel engaged without having to feel like you have to force them to comply in a certain way, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying? So what 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 comes to mind when you think of things like that as far as like navigating different people, uh the different traits, the different personalities and things of that nature?
2: Um like that's a really tough one. Um I think what I've just learned especially about myself in relation to other people Mm. is that I usually have to start with myself, you know? So when I'm going somewhere, I'm usually trying to show up as myself because that usually helps the connections that I form to be the most authentic or the most relatable or the most organic, whatever term you want to use. So when I show up as myself, you know, it, 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 It's funny, but it acts as a filter for the people that aren't supposed to be there because, you know, at some point in time, you know, we're going to have to realize that not everyone is for us. And that doesn't necessarily mean that we can't coexist, but there's just certain people that we're going to click a little bit more naturally with than other people Mm. just because of how we're wired internally. So, you know, like as far as community for me with the community of photographers that i um am in the process of building right now for the next decade is you know i'm being a hundred percent myself you know so i i'm into comedy i'm into anime i'm into writing a little bit you know i love um you know like drug related shows like snowfall this is not an ad (laughs) you know but there's like these different like facets in my life that i kind of like weave into you know the narrative that i push out Mm -hmm. in the world like what about you mariah
1: well being unified is accepting the differences of others but still finding a way to coming to to come together. Mm -hmm. And I think that people are more unified when they have a goal, when they're fighting for something or when they're equally striving for the same kind of thing. And when you're in a group like that, when you're trying to get people together, you have to know who these people are. Mm -hmm. You have to know yourself and you have to know what others can do and what they're best at and where they perform better the most. So there are people who aren't the best at being on stage or, you know, speaking up. But there are people that maybe they're good behind the scenes. They're good messaging people online. Maybe they're good emailing campaigns. So it's really up to knowing what people are good at and, you know, not being afraid to have discussions. You're going to find something that you have in common with them. Something's going to click right there. And Mm. when you're fighting for something and you're coming together, there's definitely always going to be something something to, to to look for yeah where you have that common
2: goal mm-hmm. and, I, and something that i found pretty fascinating too is that although you're like i would say that your primary school is a writer you found a time to build a community around things that don't necessarily have to do with writing how like what was that thought process in constructing the community like that as opposed to just being strictly for writers
1: Well, being someone who loves to do different things, loves to sing, loves to write, loves just creativity as a whole, I think that I realized, I first thought to myself, having a platform for creatives in all fields would benefit me, would only benefit me and, you know, benefit others as well. It's a way for me to learn more about the different crafts of others and for other people, part of my community to also learn as well. Mm -hmm. And even though we're different, even though you might not be a writer, you might not be a singer you're still a creative, you're still creating something. And I think that that's what people need to realize. Creativity has so many different aspects, Mm -hmm. but you're all common because this is something that you want to do, something you're passionate about and something that you bring out into the world. Mm -hmm. So I know as a writer and as a singer that I'm good behind the scenes and I'm good speaking as well. And I put those two together Mm -hmm. and I was able to create a platform for hopefully others to be bold and to be authentic.
0: Yeah. And I, I, I just to chime in on that is that me, you know, I was an introvert before and that um, in order for me to step because I felt like I had qualities of to be a great leader, but I just needed to know how can I navigate into that space of, you know, knowing that I'm an introvert, but then also I could still branch out to be something else and something greater. And I think having to practice, you know, I did uh, when I was in college um, it was a class that i was taking as far as like public speaking that was one of the classes the courses that i took and you know i had to get used to being in front of like a small number of people or my classmates and mm-hmm. i'm just like i was you know i was nervous mm-hmm. <laughs> my words was stumbling um uh i was speaking too fast because sometimes i have a habit of like mm-hmm. you know when i get really passionate about something i'll tend to talk a lot faster mm-hmm. so and I, I still have trouble with that today sometimes but then I had, to, I had to experience those things. I had to go through it. You mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? I had to, to see, like, you know, my flaws, my my mistakes, uh, wh- where am I good at, and things of that nature. Because, you know, as far as the components of words, you know, I'm good with, you know, expressing things in certain words and, then you know, how to captivate people. But addressing it in a way that people could understand and that they could kind of feed back and articulate so they could be able to digest those words, it was something important to me. So even even holding yourself in a certain uh, pose or position, or like, you know, uh, I guess sometimes, you know, people use hand gestures and things like that to kind of interact and try to get people engaged Was all these different elements I had to learn as far as like getting in front of somebody. Because mm-hmm. I could be behind the scenes, and be I get comfortable, you know what I'm saying? And it was like, yeah, yeah, that's nice, you know what I'm saying? But to actually be in front of people, that takes a lot of courage, that takes a lot of confidence, and that takes a lot of, a level of ambition to, to know that your voice means something to somebody. <laughs> And it could be very powerful. So um to kind of to kind of like tap out of that introvert and then enter more of that extrovert, ambivert kind of feel was uh very challenging for me because it's just like now understand from somebody's point of view of being an introvert being an extrovert and knowing how to communicate to an extrovert compared to an introvert or knowing how to compare to somebody who's have a balance of both so that's why I kind of bring up the question about you know how do you navigate in a community or bring unity in a space especially for you know black people because mm-hmm. that's where we're kind of focusing more on of like knowing their their, their characteristics and personalities and things of that trade but um another thing that I want to bring up uh, as far as um the black community because you know we get a lot of like Feedback and lashes about you know trying to be so unified you know it could be really challenging for us you know especially during the pandemic you know of you know you had the thing of the BLM uh, Black Lives Matter that happened last year that was driving really strong uh, the the movement and the, and the organization as well and then you transitioned uh, with other kind of uh, protests and you know hashtags and uh, symbolic things that they're trying to do as well but then also I found. A lot of issues within that movement, and especially within the organization itself, that you know was very conflicting. It's like you, like you can't be black if you don't do this. Like it, it was forcing people into these roles, it was forcing people into these, uh, uh, what do you call it? performative activism, which I'm totally against. I'm, I, I don't, I don't, I don't subscribe to performative activism to try to act into a certain role or to act in a way just for the for the moment or the trend of things and. The not knowing or realizing the detriment that it has on other people and how it can affect them as well, you know what I'm saying? Whether they feel pressured to go into those roles and things of that nature. So what are your thoughts, I would say, as far as, like, certain movements that you heard of as far as trying to bring unity and what are some, like, traits or negativity or negative aspects that you saw about it and then other positive traits that you also saw about it?
1: Well... This isn't something I've read much on and I definitely need to be more informed about organizations, uh, especially taking people's money and not apparently, you know, actually putting it where it should go. Yeah. Um, I've heard a lot of things about the Black Lives Matter movement, which I don't know if it's true or not. Um, but I know that they have done a lot uh, for the community and I think they have brought people together in a way that hasn't been. You know that that hasn't people haven't been brought together in the way that this movement has really brought people together for a common goal mm-hmm. uh, to fight against the injustice and do a fight against police brutality. Um, but I think also as well, what it kind of comes down to is, hopefully, this isn't stirring away from your question. Mm-hmm. Is that we might feel that we don't have much to fight for. Now let me rephrase. Let me phrase that in the correct way. Mm-hmm. But something I realized from past generations. Something I've learned from my grandparents, my great grandparents, is that there was more at stake, quote unquote. You know, we were fighting for the right to vote, fighting for the right not to be segregated against, fighting to not be lynched, Mm -hmm. fighting for something that now we are gratefully living in the positivity that our ancestors and the generations not that far ago have given to us. Mm. So I think right now, a lot of people feel I need to keep on with what I have right now. You know, I need to, I could fight for the movement. I can create the platform, but I I need to keep myself at bay and I need to keep myself a bit far away from it so that I can still hold my own position. Mm -hmm. And I I think that needs to change. And I think that people need to change their mindset because we are still fighting because the fight doesn't stop. We are still fighting for justice for our people. Mm. Um, But I think what it kind of goes down to is that people have this selfish mentality and it's not like the past where we had, I guess, more to fight for.
2: Mm. No, it's um, interesting you said that. I was at physical therapy on Tuesday, and there was a headline on, I think it was the local News 12, and it said either African Americans or Blacks or are now climbing the corporate ladder. And when I saw that statement, I was like, I mean, yeah, but the fact that that statement has to be made, it says, it, it communicates a couple of things to me. One, the the corporate world doesn't b- belong to us. That's like pushed right in front of our face. And then, two, like we're now climbing up the corporate ladder means that we're still getting let in a little bit at a time. So I, to myself, I can't really speak much about, you know, the Black Lives Matter movement or anything like that mm-hmm. because I'm not too educated on it. Mm-hmm. But one thing i feel that we kind of lack within our own community is accountability you know like um there there's like some point where we have to realize that we're slaves to brands we're, we're slaves to the idea that money is the thing that's going to lead us to happiness mm-hmm. like we're slaves to the idea that you know like a 9 to 5 and a retirement by the age of 60 is the thing that's going to get us free and Within that, too, we're also slaves to our position in society, like in in economic class, like it's Mm -hmm. beyond color right now. And yes, color is still a big factor that holds us back in the general society. But I feel like until we can become accountable as individuals for, hey, look, my parents might have fucked up because of whatever reasons, like there's so many different things that's wrong but Mm. like um in in dealing with so many different types of people um there's this lady in her 50s that I was just speaking to the other day and the minute that I got on the phone with her to get her to um like to introduce her to the photo shoot package that I was offering the first thing that came out of her mouth was I'm ugly Mm. I, I I don't think I should be doing this because I have a mouth that's not full of teeth. And and, and I'm like, damn, like <laughs> It, it, is that the self-image that you have? Mm. And a, a lot of us are carrying around negative self-images. And because we have those negative self-images, it's really hard for us to treat somebody else good because we don't treat ourselves good in the first place. Mm. So that that idea of accountability is something that I think is going to be one of our biggest like problem solvers because you can't fix anything else until you fix yourself. Mm-hmm. You, you know that phrase, like, you you have to be the change that you want to see in the world. And it's literally that. Like, you have to, mm-hmm. like, take an honest look mm-hmm. at yourself. Mm-hmm. Like, me, one of the things I struggle with so much is really, truly, actively keeping up with the people that I care about in my life. Yeah. And, and, and that's family, close friends. Like, I struggle with it because... The way how I was parented as a little kid, my parents, they worked all the time. You know, like when I would come home from school, my father would probably arrange for one of his friends or, you know, like one of the um, tax men that he worked with to come pick us up and then we home. Parents is not there. We outside playing, blah, blah, blah. So certain things I'm just not akin to. But at what point am I going to say, well, all right, look, that happened as a kid, but... If I'm not able to maintain relationships in my life, that's my fault. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We like we have to. Yeah. So uh, accountability is something I think about like
0: yeah. you Yeah, know? uh, yeah. And to chime in on that, uh, for me, I think that when it comes to other movements and organizations, uh, I always say to tell people that be careful, especially when the donation aspect of it, because. Um, I'm not, me personally, I'm not a fan of donations. Um, I, I, I'm, I'm more of a fan of like actual in-person natural resources to help aid these people. Um, because you don't know where your money is going to probably lead to or things of that nature. So I tell people always do your research and be very diligent about that kind of stuff. But, um, as far as the movement, I'll give you an example with the BLM. I feel like the movement is really powerful. I feel like it was, it's necessary, but there's some components within when I felt like it was toxic and it raised the flag of like, contradictions that was happening within the community as far as unifying, especially for black people to kind of say that, okay, we're still struggling. We're still fighting, we're Like you said, fighting for justice and things of that nature and fighting for rights. But I think it it escalates to a point where it's like too much of maybe uh, and I, I don't know if I want to be corrected or wrong or not, but it's just the uh, more of the wants than the needs. And I feel like the needs, like you were saying back then, with you know with your great grandparents and things of like that, it was fine for things that were very needed and necessary, like for to 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 not be segregated, to 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 vote, to um to get access to bathrooms and things of that nature, to be to get, even get inside uh, restaurants and things of that nature. So it was very necessary, or even transportation too. So it was all the necessary things that we were there was fighting for. They said, like, this is going to help our legacy and people and our future kids in the long run because now we have more of an opportunity to kind of um, be more branched out without being so secluded. And uh, I think those were, were more powerful things that they fight for. But now I feel like it's escalated. There's still obviously things that are... You know, our need based like uh, uh police uh, brutality things of that nature. Yeah, bro.
2: Harriet Tubman died in 1913. Yeah, like yeah. that's just the other day. <laughs> yeah, you, you know, like if you really, yeah, like if you really like put that in a perspective, like she did not die a very long time yeah. ago. And I think, and to
0: because we don't need to go all the way back to slavery, like 400 years ago. I and I, and I understand that time period as well,
2: that's but like a- less than 100 years ago.
0: Yeah, but like, but regardless, I'm, I'm the point was to say like we don't need to go that far back to understand a struggle in point. Yeah, it's just like
2: you know things are no. But I'm saying that it's still so close to us. Oh yes, yes, yes. That's what I'm saying.
0: Yeah. So yeah, I would agree to you. And then because like, but even things that are happening now, I feel like. It's like people are getting too sensitive to fight for a lot of unnecessary things. And it's becoming a lot of bickering. There's a lot of becoming a lot of grudgement of, of gossip and then just a lot of unnecessary things that's creating more of a turmoil than more of a unity. And when I was bringing up an example of just like, if you don't, you know, like example, protest, you're not black or whatever, that's like a negative statement. Like, why would you put that onto somebody to force them into this, these positions of like, because everybody has a different way of fighting or their battles. You know, they have their own battles to also deal with, and then they also have the external battles to deal with. So, you know, if somebody's not knowledgeable or have enough information, you can't like expect somebody to force themselves into the position and now if something was to happen to them or to get backlash, it's like, you know, like, like, you know, cause you, we we're, we're pressuring people, especially with the day of age of social media, you know what I'm saying? So I, that's the next kind of thing I want to tap into Want to get your thoughts about that. How much of social media do you feel has impacted the sense of unity, especially among black people?
1: Mm-hmm. I was thinking of social media in my head too, because I was thinking about the term unity and how some kind of Some things kind of help and sometimes it doesn't help social media. So social media, I think, does kind of does help with unity, unity in a lot of ways, unity with getting the black community and those who aren't black into the community as well, you Mm -hmm. know, helping for a common goal. I think right now, because of social media, too, we've had a lot more people who who aren't part of the black community who are fighting for racial justice We're fighting against the police brutality against uh, the Black community. And I think social media does play um, an aspect. But I also think it can kind of, there is a negative to Mm -hmm. it as well. I think that as you were saying, it can be toxic. And I think that sometimes the media and social media doesn't always tell the whole story and they don't always portray Black people in a very positive light. And I think that kind of, or even in in an attractive way. You Mm. see online, you see in the media, you see a lot of people, um, colorism is a big deal. And I think the media has definitely played a role with dividing the black community in terms of colorism as well, um, and how that divides us. Mm. But I think that social media can help. And I think it is helping. It's growing a lot of movements. It's informing us of what we need to do and how we can be more aware. And I Mm. think that unity can also stem from the start of unity stems from the need, but also stems from the awareness of what's going on as well. Yeah.
2: Mm-hmm. And, 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 and to just piggyback off of that, one point that I just disagree with in general is when people say that social media is making us do certain things.
0: Mm, okay.
2: Facebook is not publishing content. It's the people that have, the insecurities and the problems that are publishing the content on the platforms because, uh, and and, and I also do agree that the mainstream media has done a fantastic job of confusing us as to what's really going on Mm -hmm. because uh, they have us talking about black and black crime or, or, or they have us focused on, you know, white people that might be mentally ill Mm. And, and, and communicating misinformation that there's a lot more black people than there are actually white people on welfare, which is, you you know, like the numbers are there, but we're pounded with so much misinformation, which is like so appalling. But uh, I think back to the civil rights movement, the fraction of people that were marching were much less than the people that were at home. Mm, but okay. beca- but because they were on television, it made the it it, it 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 amplified the voice of the movement. And that's what I think media does. It amplifies what currently exists. So if there's something that shitty and, and, and you pump some media behind it, you know, like how they constantly attack our communities, like the negatives, like the 0.001% of bad things that's happening in the community, they amplify that, mm-hmm. you know? And, and it's not to say that we, we shouldn't be aware of that stuff, yeah. but it, if we're constantly being force-fed, hey, you know, like um, the Egyptians are white, you know, like we're eventually going to... Believe that mm. when, it, when in fact, it's not true. But yeah. because it's constantly repeated, mm-hmm. then, you know, like we feel like, all right, man, y'all need to go protest. Yeah. When, when, in fact, everybody, like you said earlier, Mariah, we yeah. all have different roles yeah. with within the whole context of unity. And that's the point of unity. Yeah. Like you unify different components because different people have a different You know, affinity to somebody's a great speaker, somebody's a great writer, Mm -hmm. you know, like somebody takes great photographs, you know, like, uh, 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 and the combination of those things helps to tell the relevant story or the common goal at the moment. Mm -hmm. And and it's really distasteful, you know?
0: And I, I also want to piggyback on that because you bring up another good point is that There's different people who have different roles and skills and assets that will help instead of like, You know, especially with now things that I've been uh, looking into recently is that people who try to fake into a role or they try to fake into being an expertise in something, you know, when people are trying to learn about stocks, you know, or or finances or things of that nature, it's like you don't have enough knowledge experience to even tap into those things. You can learn from it, you know, it's nothing wrong with learning from it, but don't try to like, I guess, fake the funk, you know what I'm saying? And I think when it comes to that kind of community and unity aspect of it is that who could we rely on more that's more genuine to the self, especially uh, telling the truth and, you know, going into a, a social media space? Because there's too much information. There's too much things, like you said, that's being misconstrued. So and too get- much judgment, too. Yeah. And then people are getting confused. So it's just like they don't know where to turn to. They don't want to leave, uh, uh, to, to, to rely on. And most often people will more rely on the, the professions as far as like uh, uh, doctors, loyals, things of that nature. But even within that field and space, there's people who are still corrupted or still um, uh, complying with a certain organizations to kind of, you know, fit with a narrative or agenda, things of that nature. So that's why I say it's always People have to be very careful on who, what kind of information is being relied on and relied to, you know what I'm saying? So I think that's another aspect within social media as far as like people always projecting an image of something that's not really them. You know, they just do it maybe because it's a trendy thing. It's just something that will get clickbaits or something like that. So it's just something that people get tapped in and engagement because social media is an engagement. So Social media is an engaging platform. So how do you get people to en- get engaged? You you tell them a sweet lie. You tell them a, 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 or something, you know, uh, entertaining. Because a lot of things, are, uh, entertainment is a very really big aspect, especially as part of the Black community as well, to keep people um, uh, entertained and, and, and more uh, focused. So uh, I, I think about those things as far as social media, as far as um, the underlying tones of it, the... Um, the, who what, the roles that these people are playing? Um, who's being out there? Because you know it's very easy to get into the platform, like you said. It's, it's not really the platform itself; it's the persona that's people is projecting on these platforms. Mm-hmm. So that kind of uh, will kind of deteriorate or bring together the the sense of unity. So. And I don't know if you have anything more to add or elaborate on that as far as uh, the different, I guess, personas and characteristics that try to and also roles that comes with building a a community and trying to bring people together, especially when it comes to uh, other races and or especially in the also in the black community.
1: Well, I do want to say I am so happy when I um, when all those protests were really going on and I was seeing a lot of white people in the crowd, a lot of people not. Part of the black community in the crowd, because I think that's something people don't sometimes don't seem to realize is that we need people who are in power and who do have that privilege to exactly. come along mm-hmm. with us, along with the fight, because mm-hmm. they're the ones who can really fight for us at the forefront and really help us out in terms of how privilege really stands with our society as a whole and sometimes i've heard a lot of people in the black community say why this is our movement we need to take it over we shouldn't let everyone do all of this but it's not true because we need to have unity within our our own community but we need to have unity within all of communities as well
0: Hmm. yeah and 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 also chime in on that too because it also has a uh you know, because I understand what people are getting with, with the emotional aspect and, you know, uh, it's, like, it's it's our movement, things like that. But, you know, also utilize that like there's other resources that could come with uh, along with that movement with other races or, you know, white people, whoever, mm-hmm. you know, uh, trying to learn more, trying to get engaged, trying to be informed. Yeah. So there's um, a helpful aspect. There. And I'm not saying that everybody is always trying to chime in, you know, because they have uh, different intentions in mind but mm-hmm. that's why you gotta be careful. It's like, you know, when you see their actions, when you see the work that they're doing, you know, what type of questions are their action? What kind of conversation are you engaging with these kind of people to know that they're like, this is something that they're really like passionate about. There's something that they really have some intention and, and, and integrity about to like tap into these things and and uh, uh, learn that there's different avenues within the, the movement as well and other movements as well. Because, you know, You know, it's not just from a local scale, there's also more from a global scale as well. Mm -hmm. And then how do you even navigate with other cultures being involved, other religions being involved involved as well. So that's something that just comes to mind as far as like, you know, uh, the certain other people involved, their characteristics and their intentions and things like that. Uh, Another uh, thing that I wanted Kim uh, to bring up was, um, what are some, I guess, negative feedback or backlash that you had or experienced uh, with RTF community and other things and you know, just getting involved with other people around the community as well.
1: Well, luckily I haven't received any negative feedback and I'm not going to even use the term yet because I don't want it to happen. But um, in terms of when I was actually first thinking about my community and brainstorming Mm. what kind of community I wanted, At first, it did start off as being just open, just being a community for all creatives, not of one specific race. Um, But as I was actually working with some some of my friends, you know, bringing some some of my friends, part of like the white community. And I was talking to them, you know, and even they were saying, start a community for, you know, black creatives, you know, because I wanted something to be open. I wanted something to be for all. And that is what my community is, because when we do host some in-person events, I want I wanted to open up to at times, everyone, but I did realize that it it is always important to have a space for the black community to come together to talk about their own issues without fear of judgment, mm. being around people who they can relate to and just having a safe space for them as a whole. Mm. So an issue that that's an issue that I thought might have might happen, not mm. having it be open to everyone, but it hasn't happened. Okay. So I'm
0: very grateful for that. Hey, that, that's dope because like you don't really hear that too often that like, you know, they always have some little stumps on the road. But then to have that kind of feedback of just positive and supportive people and the people to chime in with their ideas to say like, yo, this is something that we could really like push for. And this is some an initiative that we could put into place to kind of like help build that building block. You know what I'm saying? So that, that's that's really that's a really good thing that you have um, as far as your community, the RTF and what, so also like, let's now talk more within the supporting aspect of it. How has it been with the support of, you know, maybe family, friends, um, acquaintances, um, uh, we could stretch out into more in the entrepreneurial space of other business partners and things of that nature. How has that been as far as the, the whole circumference of different, uh, supports that you've received for RTTF? <laughs>
1: Well, my family is very supportive. My friends are very supportive. When I would first start out doing my IG lives, I would have my, I would text my friends and I would text my mom and I'd say, join join the live. So there's a few people in there already. So (laughs) no one's gonna leave, you know, when they see no one is tuned in yet. So I'm very grateful to have friends who are also creatives and who aren't creatives who have come to the forefront, who have helped me to -hmm. kind of gain that little bit of presence before we've gotten to where we are now. Mm. We have a long way to go as well. Mm. And in terms of, I personally love meeting new people and I've been very, and people who I've met have been very receptive to my community. Um, We've really been trying to apply for, you know, grants. When I first started off, I'm very grateful that we were one of the, Um, We received a a grant from Aussie Hair Care when they had their Aussie business pitch competition and very grateful uh, that we got some money from that and just really hoping to grow. I think that having a community grow, is so important to keep networking and to keep connecting with other people Mm -hmm. who can kind of propel you forward as you can propel them because Mm -hmm. it's all about a collaboration as well. I think collaborating with different people and different organizations and different creatives can help
0: all of us as yeah. well. Yeah. And uh, what, what would you say as far as uh, your majority to get your time, uh, your thoughts on it as well as uh, the the sense of uh, support that you've been, you know, receiving and, you know, because I know that you, one of your goals is to reach a billion uh, people. <laughs> yes. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So what was, what was it like for you to kind of like receive that kind of support and try to grow with that?
2: Um, Bro, the, the, um, Seven years of consistency mm-hmm. will really put anybody, I believe, in a different place than they probably could have never even imagined. Right now, yeah. um, um, you know, I give you a little scenario. Um, on Wednesday, I had a special.
0: Yeah.
2: And usually, I do um photo shoot specials for a couple of reasons because yeah. I, I'll probably have somebody that's been following me for two to three years yeah. that has wanted to shoot with me but maybe there might be a barrier of entry as far as pricing you know maybe they want to get a sample of what shooting with me would be like before they come into the studio so you know like when i figure that out by commenting and dming with people you know i'm like all right let me do a special so i do a special and like people come into the studio and the second part of that is outside of photography i share not necessarily my personal life, but personal things that I struggle with, you know. So I'm mm. very open with, you know, me um, fixing my procrastination problems, um, me loving my work and hating cheap clients. You know, like me, I, I, I'm very forthright about that because those are genuine thoughts that I think. And you can usually get away with stuff when you put it on the comedy. Mm. But there are about... For for like four to five photographers that um came into the studio and spent a day with me, and when I took some time to DM them the day after to, to tell them thank you for coming through, mm. um one of them said, "Yo, bro, it 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 was an honor." to meet you, man. I've been following your work for a while and, you know, I love how clean your pictures come out and, you know, seeing you deliver the work with a client in person was invaluable. Please let me know next Mm -hmm. time you do something. Like another um, girl, she said, hey, um, just being there and networking with the other photographers and, like, the other people that you brought in was an invaluable experience. So, I'm like, moments like that is where you know, I get to kind of look at a journey and remember that it's a 1 billion minus one person a day, mm. you, you know? So, you know, you know, I might not get to 1 billion, but I'm going to get to 1 billion minus however much amount of people that I'm able to touch. And it's, mind-blowing a lot of the times when people say that because I still think I'm a regular guy. Mm -hmm. I still feel like I'm a human being that's, you know, fortunately due to good parenting, I am confident enough to put out my thoughts into the world. Mm -hmm. And, you know, um, one of the things I really want for people a lot of the times is to be able to do that for themselves. So the support that they give to me when I pull the current behind a little bit, I realize a lot of those people are st- struck with, you know, a lack of confidence or, mm-hmm. you know, doubting their own voice. So I don't take the support very lightly. Mm-hmm. And I actually try to use that support in turn to put out messages that are important for the people that are giving me that support too. So it's mm-hmm. a very reflexive, um, self-serving process in that you know like you give me the support Mm -hmm. but i understand that you might not be as confident in this Mm -hmm. thing so you know because i am a little bit more confident in it i'm willing to give back and share in my own accord so that you can have a taste of that for yourself you know Mm, okay yeah and when it comes to me as support
0: um i'm always big on helping the community i'm always big on giving back to the community and um you know, it just shows the, there's a, also a selfless service that comes back to like, you know, helping people out, you know, and then, you know, I don't know if I would say humbling myself per se, but it's just that I feel good about it. You know, it doesn't really have to, you know, I don't have to feel rewarded. I don't have to feel mm-hmm. like, you know, there's somebody hand me something, you know what I'm saying? You know, there's a good feeling of seeing people smile, uh, having those conversations and interacting. And you were saying before as well about networking is uh, is a big thing as well, because, you know, one, one person could branch out to 500 other people. That same person, uh, the same other people within that group could branch out to 1,000, 10,000 more. So you don't know how the pieces may align as yeah. far as your outlet. Because I look at it as a tree. You know, they have so many different branches. Mm-hmm. You know, there's so many different roots. So what are those roots connecting to? And it's all these different right. people, all these uh, multi-faceted people, you know, uh, people of color, black people, whatever you want to uh, uh, categorize. it. Is And even with the cultural or religion aspect of it as well, or even traditions, there's so many different people in, out in the world. And I think with these kind of platforms, you know, with your community, uh, Joy's community, my community, there's a sense of. Trying to strive more, but also learning more about yourself in the process yeah. of it. You know that journey of like, you know, I I, I could see things uh, a lot more clearer. I could I could see different perspectives. I could see. Um, the way my mind is shifting and changing as I'm going through this uh, process and things like that. So that's the kind of the beauty of just not within yourself, but also externally. And then seeing other people's right. It's like you could meet one person from day one and then you could see them uh, on day 90. And be like, yo, like, you know, you just have a different or you have a different energy yeah. about you that was just different from before. Mm-hmm. And now it's just that that comes with the 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 the. the the, the the process that comes all along with just that uh, the support and just like having somebody lend them your, your ear for a second you know what I'm saying being active listeners all these different components that comes with it I think that's the beautiful p- the part about
2: um, tying unity and support yeah. so and there's this one um, cool statistic yeah, I saw right. the other day that um, each of us will directly impact yeah. at least a thousand people in our lives.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: So, if each of us are going to directly impact a thousand people, that means that the person that's like right next to us are going to also impact another thousand people. Mm-hmm. So, if you do the math on that, you're probably going to influence at least a million people throughout the course of your life by virtue of you being able to do good by one person, you know? Yeah.
0: Yeah. And, uh, just to, uh, I don't know how many time we have left. All right. So we could do one more question. Um, I want to make it an interesting question, you know, to close out. Uh, cause I, we, we, we dive into a lot of thought provoking stuff, but I love it. I love it. I love it all. So uh, hopefully people can learn from this as well. So, what would be some of the challenges that you face as far as growing your platform? You know, because, you know, we, we it, it, some people, it's just like, they think it's like, you know, maybe from the outside looking in is maybe a walking apart to like uh, to establish your own brand. Like you being a freelance journalist, you being a poet, you being a content creator, you know, people, it's easy for somebody outside to point a finger or to say, like, you know, you're not doing this right or, you know, good job. You know, like, where's more of it? Like, we want to see more. We want to see more. But, you know, there's so much that goes on to it, not just from the process standpoint, but also a mental standpoint, the emotional standpoint, mm-hmm. a spiritual standpoint as well. Uh, there's so many factors that goes into this, like, you know, they need to put out at least one information or content out there. So what would you say or some of the you could probably name more than one if you like to um, some of the challenges you face as far as building your platform and building a brand and trying to bring more people together, especially because, you know, you're dealing with so many different people. You know, how did you kind of navigate that?
1: I would say some of the challenges are to continue to grow in terms of marketing, especially if you're doing it on your own mm-hmm. and you're trying to get more followers, get more people to be active on your platform. Um, I'm grateful. We haven't had times where people have been so active in our virtual events. And then we've had times where some people, we haven't had a lot of people who were active and who tuned in. And I think it's all about just trying to gain the loyalty to gain the trust of the community that you have. And another issue is just staying motivated. I know sometimes if things are stagnant, it's kind of easy to just give up and to think, If it's not going to be good now, is it going to be good later? Mm. But I think it's really important to keep pushing towards your goal because something I've always learned is that people don't always buy into the product. They buy into you. People Mm. realize your passion behind something. People realize when this is something that you want to help and you want to inspire people and you really want to bring something for them. And people will see that. And eventually the following is going to come. So that is something I've struggled with when I first started out seeing how stagnant things were. But when you keep going forward, that following definitely will start to come and having the time as well, being an entrepreneur and starting your platform, it can be hard when you have so many other things on your plate, but just taking the time, you know, to learn, to go on YouTube, to learn how do I do this? How do I market? How do I do that? How do I start something? Taking some time out of your day can really help you and can really push you forward but trying to start your own platform in your community so gaining that following can be difficult uh, finding the time to do things and staying motivated throughout the whole process because you have to be patient mm-hmm. patience is key
2: yeah and what's your thoughts about that jordy um I, I i go back to this thought of one person so every day for me is one billion minus one and if one of my messages about showing up as yourself, you know, like really confronting your problems as they are or, you know, like really expressing the passion that you have for something can connect. If it falls on one person and you did a good job and then that also ties into, you know, like being accountable and not judging yourself for when something doesn't go according to plan. So there's um, been times where I've put on workshops where I intended for, like, six people to be there, but three out of the six people that inquired about the workshop, they don't get paid till the Friday after the workshop, mm. you know? And then, like, two two of them had prior obligations and then one person got a ticket the night before. So I wake up like, oh, I guess I'm going to the studio today, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, it happens, but you can't judge yourself because business is a real funny thing it's a it, it, it it's kind of like sports and it's also a big mirror of real life that yeah. it's all in flow like i've been in it after being in business like serious business for the past seven years it's like i cannot control how i like after seven years you think that people would not be asking me like hey like do you like shoot for free like <laughs> like this i'll pay my bills but yeah i have to remember that i'm still also getting clients that are in their 40s that it's their first photo shoot mm. like they've never had a professional photo yep. shoot done before mm-hmm. so i gotta have empathy for that yep. you know and, and and like my big thing is if whatever you put into your business, you'll get out of it. Mm -hmm. And you also have to remember that things take a very long time. Chipotle been out since like 1997, Mm. but they just really caught steam in like the late 2010s. Uh, it's, it's funny he's bringing up food, but yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm okay. <laughs> but go ahead. You know, like uh, I, a lot of the brands that we know and love have been around for over a decade mm-hmm. before they call, like people want to microwave their success. Mm. You know, like they want to like, ah, oh, shit, I got this idea, I'm about to sell some shoes, I'm about to make a lot of money. Like, no, you're not. Mm-hmm. Because one, like Mariah said, people buy into you or to just make that a little bit broader, people buy into the story. Mm, and, yeah. and, and 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 there's a reason that Payless is Payless and Nike is a multi-billion dollar company because they've gone to extra length to tell stories and honor athletes, honor athletes that we love. Mm-hmm. So it's on one part, like you cannot microwave your success. You cannot predict everything and the decision that you make today is the best decision that you could have made because that was all the information that you had Mm,
0: okay
2: so you cannot judge yourself and you just gotta like shit. it didn't work today try again tomorrow if you're really that passionate about it you know
0: yeah and my thoughts about it is that it ultimately comes down to the mindset you know um how disciplined you are Mm -hmm. how much uh how much fortitude does your mind have you know, how much, what's the capacity that your mind could take in order to either maintain that level of capacity or to, to go beyond the threshold of that, um you know, that borderline. And I always try to find myself challenging ways to always elevate to the next threshold and go to always go a level beyond and above the next one so that I could better assess the situation because i always like to say that i'm a man of perspective so not only am i navigating within myself i'm navigating within also the thought of other people as well and how they are and uh the components about them that makes them them and makes me me so i always think about ways that you know um for the challenging part about me is uh, navigating through my own mind. And like you said, like telling that story. What are my experiences? What could, what's something I could I could put out there that's really captivating, but it's also authentic to myself. You know what I'm saying? Because, you know, um, there's times where I challenge with also with being the business J and then the me Jay like the just the multifaceted part of me and then it's just like do I combine them two do I do I reach out a certain part of my personality into the business part where I become too professional but then I I lose myself as just trying to be too I guess perfect and trying to coordinate and organize certain situations or events or workshops or things of that name, uh, things of that nature even being a leader uh, then like what do I do what do I say Uh, how like, you know how do I navigate in that in that space of you know that persona, and that was one thing I had to challenge myself as far as like, what can I do to kind of alleviate that? Because uh, it takes so much more than that, other than just the processes is the anxiety that comes with it, the impression, the, the depression, um, uh, just the shaky feeling of trying to organize something to make sure that everybody is good. Because I want to make sure everybody is good. I want to make sure everybody's happy. I want to make sure that I everybody leaves out that door knowing they had one of the best experiences in their life. And then they could come back to me and be like, yo, James, that was dope. When When is another one? When somebody tells me when is another event coming along, <laughs> I did my job there. You know what I'm saying? Because that's like a dope feeling because they want more, you know? And then now when they want more, how do I prepare myself? Because now I'm going back to this to the space of event planning or doing things. The anxieties is kicking back in. That process is kicking back in. So it's more of like elevating my mindset to be prepared for mm -hmm. those situations and then also deal with maybe not just the same group of people but also another set of people because i'm not dealing with the same people every time yeah. i may become i may stumble across familiar faces and maybe that may be ease my my tension and stress yeah. but then i'm also navigating a space where i'm trying to be professional you know i'm trying to make sure everybody's good uh, i'm trying to make sure things is a lot of people is doing it's like hey you're good you know is things going good here you know what i'm saying everybody's checking out everything like that so i think it, it just ultimately comes down to the mindset how do you prepare yourself also knowing when to take breaks you know, so that you're not too consumed, you know, you're not too lost in the sauce, you know what I'm saying? So um, it's, it's it's a lot that goes on with that. But, you know, I'm also grateful for the experiences that has helped me elevate to those kind of different stages where I'm like, now, OK, now what's the next challenge? Now, let, let me let me let me get at it now, because I, I don't like being complacent. I don't like to be stoic too much. You know, I, I want to like branch out more that's, that that ties in more of my business and also personal, and especially with this kind of podcast that we're doing right now, is that I could I can engage in natural conversations. I love conversations. I love uh, conversations of substance and truth and reality. Is that like we could we could we could joke around. We could be look. We don't have to be too like, you know, like mm. you know, cameras on. You know, like we don't have to always be that way. We can relax, just chill, you yeah. know, get a sip of wine, you know, get some food. What's your favorite food? You want some pizza? You know what I'm saying? You go to the corner store. We, you know, everybody's relaxed. Everybody's ch- chatting. Everybody's, you know, yeah. you know, having a good time. And that's the important part. It's just like not to always uh, feel like we have to be per- per- uh, picture perfect ready. You know what I'm saying? Or camera perfect ready. So that's one thing we're trying as far as just being a leader, event planner, uh, organizer um things of that nature and also like to also to for people to see a side of me that like I'm still myself, but there's also other sides that when they want to have more of that conversation they'll slowly get to navigate those other variables and other components of me as well so that's something that I still uh challenge with but also I take the challenge with uh huge consideration and 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 being also grateful for it as well and to close out. So this is the part where I had to call uh, a dose of reality. Uh, I would play the soundtrack, but it's going to interfere with too much going on. But basically, this part of the segment is called a dose of reality, which is basically uh, a harsh truth of reality. You know, you being uh, a founder of RTF, uh, you being a freelancer, you being a poet and things of that and being a content creator. So it's basically something that you would like to share that, you know, being all these uh, variables of... You know, creating is what are the reality and harsh truth that you face dealing with that? You know, not I don't like to call it advice because, you know, people are in and out with advices, you know, but what is the harsh truth, the reality that you experience going through that journey of a content creator that, you know, that you would like to share that people be more open to and more privy to so that they can know how to navigate within themselves while tapping into a space, if they want to get into poetry, whether they want to be into content, when they want to do freelance, uh, a journal or anything like that, or even organizing a whole group when it's like yourself doing RTT, uh, RTF uh, community.
1: Well, I would say that it's hard. <laughs> Sometimes whatever you want to get into, whatever career you want to get into, yeah. maybe as a journalist, as a singer, as a content creator, as a entrepreneur, It's hard and it takes time. It takes work Mm. and it takes knowing your ability and knowing when you can do it alone and knowing when you can't do it alone and when you need help.
0: Mm.
1: So that's what I would say. It takes time and it takes work and it's not as easy as people might think it is to just start, it's easy to maybe start it, but to keep it going and to keep gaining a following, it can be difficult. Mm. But you have to keep just pushing forward because yeah. the ta- your, your efforts are eventually going to show if you just keep doing what you do, keep finding ways to improve, to improve yourself and to improve the platforms that you have because mm. people are going to realize your talents and they're going to realize the effort that you put in mm. and that end goal is going to be beautiful.
0: Hey, that's beautiful, that's beautiful, that's well said, that's mm-hmm. well said. So yes, this closeout. out. This episode of the Black Pill Podcast I'd like to thank my special guest Mariah for being a part of this episode Also my co-host My boy, my man Right here, Jordy You already know And uh, you can follow the Black Pill uh, uh, Podcast On our Instagram It's called the Black Pill Society You know, you can look click the link into our bio Uh Sign up to our Patreon as well. We have a Patreon as low as a dollar. You can support and you also get exclusive content to more that we have as well in store. There's also other episodes that you can tap in that has more conversations. Uh, so some longer episodes. Uh, you can see this visually as well. So there's a lot more content that you can go into just for as low as a dollar. You know what I'm saying? So uh, this episode is going to release on Monday for the Patreon, but officially is going to release next Friday on all platforms. So if you want to, you know listen in and chime in you know uh stay tuned for that as well uh and jordy where can they follow you
2: um for me you can find me every single place at it's jordy so that's i t z underscore j o r d with two i's it's jordy Okay. okay
0: and to our special guests where they can follow you
1: You can follow me on Instagram and Twitter at I am Mariah TH. That's I am M-A-R-I-A-H-T-H. You can follow RTF Community at RTF Community on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook
0: a dope 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 and i am your host obj you can follow me on instagram at t-h-e-o-b-i-j-a-y and this will conclude this episode of the black belt podcast Like i said tell us your thoughts about unity uh anything that you like to share anything experiences that you have that you also like to share as well uh we'll be open to it as well so and yeah i am your host obj to close out this episode of the podcast